Stella slept with the windows thrown open that summer. A breeze blowing back the curtains. The sounds of nature lulled her to sleep. Frogs croaking in the shallow water beneath her window. The hum of a dragonfly outside the rusted screen. The call of a loon across the lake. She lay there with one arm thrown across her face in resistance to the burgeoning sunlight when she heard the Cadillac crunch up the long gravel driveway. Joe. Stella sat up and threw her legs over the edge of the bed, toes resting against the cool floorboards. She pushed a tangle of pale curls away from her eyes with a fine-boned hand, yawned then grabbed a blue cotton shift from the floor and pulled it over her tan shoulders. She hadn't expected her husband to come. Hadn't wanted him to. But there was no mistaking the familiar rumble of that engine. She went out to meet him wearing yesterday's dress and a contrived grin. You're back. Joseph Crater leaned out the open window and drew her in for a kiss. Drove all night. We beat the Bar Harbor Express by an hour. He clapped their chauffeur on the back. We'll have to paint a racing stripe down the side of this old thing. Stella pulled the car door open and saw two things at once. He'd brought her flowers, white peonies, her favorite. And he wasn't wearing his wedding band. Again. The sight of that naked finger stripped the grin from her face. Joe climbed out and reached for her with one arm, but she took a small step backward and looked at his pants pocket. The imprint of his ring pressed round against his cotton trousers. The question that surfaced was not the one she really wanted to ask. Did you have a pleasant trip? He nodded. Where did you go? Joe's answer was cautious. Atlantic City, with William Klein. Her voice was even, almost carefree. Just the two of you? Joe hesitated long enough for her to rephrase the question. Were you and William alone? He glanced at Fred Collar, stiff behind the wheel, eyes downcast, and responded with a single sharp word. Stell. It took a moment to find her breath. All that fresh air and she couldn't pull a stitch of it into her lungs. Must you be so flagrant about it? We'll talk about this later. Stella heard the warning in his voice, but didn't care. She rose up onto the balls of her feet, the gravel digging into her bare skin as anger ripped through her voice. We have nothing to talk about. His eyes went small and dark. Stella grabbed the car door and, with a rage that startled them both, slammed it shut, crushing Joe's hand in the frame. She heard the crunch before he screamed, and when he yanked his hand away, two fingers were bloody and mangled. Stella waited for Joe on the deck of the salt house. It was Belgrade Lake's only fine dining establishment, and they'd been late, thanks to his difficulty dressing with one hand. She had refused to help him. Joe hadn't yelled at her after the incident, 
hadn't called her names or lifted a hand to strike her. All he said was, I'll need your help with this mess. Almost polite. Then he soaked his hand in the kitchen sink and waited for her to gather ointment and gauze. She had wrapped the bandage tighter than necessary, angered anew by his cavalier attitude and the way he expected her to accept that a man of his position would have a mistress. As though some skirt on Broadway was the same thing as a membership in the city club. By the time they arrived at the restaurant, he'd created a plausible fiction for his injury. Had a beastly run-in with a Studebaker, Joe explained to their waiter, wiggling his fingers for effect. Damn thing tried to eat my hand for lunch. And then, shortly after being seated, he excused himself to make a phone call. Stella ordered their meal from a menu of summer fare, grilled fish, steaks, roasted vegetables, and fruit. A pleasant breeze rolled off the lake, rocking the Chinese lanterns that were strung around the deck. The red and yellow globes sent dancing spheres of amber across the linen tablecloths. Only a handful of the tables were occupied, and the diners leaned close over the candles, lost in conversation or in silence as they enjoyed the view. The longer she waited for Joe to return, the more they sent sympathetic glances her way. The meal arrived with wine and bread, and Stella shifted candles and silverware to make room for the ample dinner. She waited until their server departed with his tray before taking a long drink of Merlot. Steam rose from the pan-seared trout with lemon caper sauce on her plate, and she wondered what sort of mood Joe would be in when he finished his call. Minutes later, the door banged open on loose hinges, and Stella forced a smile as Joe strode toward the table, shoulders rounded forward like an ox. It was a look Stella knew well. Fury and determination and arrogance. He yanked his chair away from the table with his good hand. I'm leaving in the morning. Why? I have to go back to the city tomorrow, straighten a few things out. I'll be back on Thursday in plenty of time for your birthday. But don't snivel. It doesn't become you. Joe unfolded the crisp black napkin and spread it over his lap. You shouldn't have waited. Food's getting cold.